Hi, welcome to On the Investor's Minds. I'm Tai Hui, the Chief Market Strategist for Asia Pacific at JP Morgan Asset Management. And thank you for giving us a few minutes of your time to learn about what's on the investors' minds and what you can do about it. Now, in this episode, I would like to walk through some of the key points from our latest release of the Guide to the Markets Asia for the third quarter 2023. I will split this into three components. First, the economic outlook of key economies, especially the US and China. Second, what are central banks' options, given that inflation is taking longer than expected to return to target? Third, and most importantly, what does this mean for investors in the region and how to allocate assets? As always, we will have the investment implications and our three key summary points at the end of this podcast. Now, the first half of 2023 was a test of patience. Investors were waiting for the Chinese economic recovery, the end of the Fed hiking cycle, and the economic slowdown in the US. Yet, they are left dissatisfied as these key catalysts for the next move in investment markets are far from concluding. So let's start with the global economic picture. The US economy has shown considerable resilience in the first half of 2023. Consumption has been well supported by a robust job market, and this is likely to cool down later in the year. While banking sector stress has subsided for now, the tightening of lending standards could still pose a challenge to growth momentum. Corporate investment is still likely to be the weakest link in the economy, as business confidence remains cautious. Housing market activity has stabilized, but the level of activity is still below the level before the rate hike cycle has started. We still see a risk of a recession at the end of 2023 or early next year as a result of tight monetary policy. The picture is similar in Europe. While the European economy has shown considerable resilience in late 2022 by avoiding massive energy shortage, high rates are also impacting on business confidence and the overall level of activities, especially in manufacturing. China's economic rebound from the pandemic has been softer than expected. As we previously highlighted, consumer spending alone will not be sufficient for a sustainable recovery. The benefit of high household savings during the pandemic is offset by the negative wealth effect from weak returns from stock markets and real estates. Meanwhile, corporate investment and the real estate market will need to do more of the heavy lifting. This will require policy stimulus to boost sentiment. What about developed market central banks? As of now, the Fed and the European Central Bank still see inflation as their top priority. Our calculation shows that it could be another 18 months before headline inflation returned to the Fed's 2% inflation target. Since headline economic growth and the job market are still looking solid, the Fed is set to raise rates again in July. This June summary of economic projections suggests that most Fed officials are expecting at least one more hike after the July meeting. While we could see another hike in September, the risk of over-tightening is on the rise. Since much policy operates with a time lag, the fact that we have not yet seen much adverse reaction from the economy from high rates so far does not mean it won't happen. In short, we still think that we are close to the end of the hiking cycle in most economies in this quarter. Now, given this backdrop, what should investors do? A diversified portfolio of international stocks and bonds outperformed cash in the first half of 2023. This trend should continue in the rest of this year. Income from fixed-income assets, dividend stocks, and alternative assets should provide a solid foundation to return, 
even if market volatility could increase on the back of growth deceleration. Although selected equity markets have outperformed fixed income in the first half of this year, the prospects of growth deceleration in the U.S. and subsequent impact on global exporters can still pose a challenge to corporate earnings and pressure equities. Hence, we maintain our preference for fixed income over equities. Much of the return from fixed income comes from yield, with limited contribution from the rise in bond prices. We see more downside risk for high-yield corporate debt given the risk of spread widening as default risk rises with weaker economic growth in the U.S. This point towards government bonds and high-grade corporate credits over high-yield corporate bonds. A weaker U.S. dollar should support emerging market fixed income, both in government bonds and corporate debt. However, for Asian high-yield bonds, challenges facing private sector real estate developers in China persist with buyers opting to buy from state-owned developers, missed coupons or default could still take place with timid recovery in the Chinese real estate market. On equities, the first half of 2023 has been better for developed markets, but there are still some challenges facing in emerging markets, especially China. U.S. recession risk and a slower-than-expected recovery in China meant that investors should take a more internationally diversified approach into investing in equities. Sector selection is also critical to navigate this challenging economic environment. For developed markets, different phases of economic cycle and exposure to potential banking sector stress suggest investors should look to diversify internationally. We continue to focus on quality stocks in the US. Improvements in governance and investor positioning could benefit Japanese equities, especially value stocks, in the near term. Looking further ahead, an eventual recovery in the U.S. could be a huge boost to the equity market, which could come sometime in 2024. For emerging markets, Chinese equities have been disappointing so far. International investors remain cautious on investing in China due to geopolitical uncertainties. And this decision is made easier given that Chinese equities underperformance in the past couple of years. Yet, we still see opportunities in sectors with government policy support such as electric vehicles and renewable energy. New policy stimulus could also be an important catalyst to boost investor confidence, both domestically and internationally. For the rest of Asia, we also start with companies with a greater domestic focus that would benefit from consumption recovery in the region. However, we stay vigilant on indicators that shows an economic recovery in the US, which could also benefit exporters such as Taiwan and South Korea. So three key takeaways. Global economic growth is still under challenge in a high-rate environment. Central banks are still happy with high interest rates, but we are also worried about a policy error that could jeopardize economic growth. Asia is still in a position to outperform due to domestic demand, especially if Chinese authorities step up in support to stimulate the economy. So we still think that fixed income and income generated from other assets provide a more consistent way to generate return for the rest of this year. For fixed income, we still emphasized on high-quality bonds like government bonds and investment-grade corporate debt, given greater resilience in price stability. For equities, we look for a greater international diversification to take advantage of different growth cycle for different economies around the world. While the near-term growth risk is a challenge, the subsequent recovery phase has traditionally generated strong return. In Asia, we're still optimistic on domestic demand, 
especially with the peaking of policy rates and a tight job market in most economies in the region. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share this with your friends or colleagues and also consider subscribing so you get the latest episode when we release them. If there are topics that you would like to hear from us, please reach out to your JP Morgan Asset Management representative. This content is intended for information only, based on assumptions in current market conditions and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate, including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass. JP Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of JP Morgan Chase and Company and its affiliates worldwide.